0: Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a prairie proud wrestling podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. Today, I have a very special guest, someone that uh, I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of years back at uh, NXT TakeOver in Toronto, and uh, someone I've developed a very good friend with, and many of you probably friendship with, and many of you have probably met this person or heard of him because, I mean, he him and wrestling brain are all over twitters they are taking over right now they are on the twitch they're dominating that three nights a week you can find them on there i am very happy to welcome to the show today from wrestling brain the one and only josh custodio josh how's it going what an intro
1: blair i'm uh, i'm honored i'm fired up to be here i'm uh, this is the first piece of content that I am recording in my, uh, I moved this week, and so now I have a, a room just set up. It's a, I guess you could call it a studio. It's a, a very small room <laughs> that I have all my shit set up in, and uh, I'm calling it a studio. So I, I'm thrilled this is my my new setup, and uh, no one I'd rather share it with. Thanks for the nice intro. I can't believe that was already years ago. When you said uh, a takeover in Toronto, the, the last two years feels like it didn't happen. Yeah, I guess that was three, yeah. four
0: years ago now. My God. Yeah, it's weird to think that that was summer of two thousand nineteen, and here we are in twenty twenty one, and it seems like forever ago. So we were kind of rehashing a little bit earlier today, talking about it, and it's funny how we've all come so far from then. And I mean, that was one of the last big sort of events that I w- I went to, you know, that I sort of did. So did AEW exist then? Um, they had done Double or Nothing, and right summer twenty nineteen. Few- right, right, right. Yeah. So they World were- was a few weeks away.
1: Right. Yeah. So they were going into their second pay-per-view in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks. That's so wild. Uh, like, have you seen every episode of Dynamite?
0: I have seen every episode so far. Yeah.
1: Someone pointed this out to me. It's like, oh, you've watched every episode of it. That felt crazy to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What do you point out that timeline? Yeah, true.
0: And it's kind of weird to uh, think that like almost over half their shows have been during the pandemic era. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, wow, that is crazy. Poor them in some ways. I, I really yeah. hope that they can uh, reignite with the momentum that it felt that they had heading into the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. After this past weekend with um, Double or Nothing, it really seemed like, you know, having crowds back that almost re-energized everyone and it, they kind of brought the the crowd, brought it to the next level, it seemed. so.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. To to some degree, I think we've all like had to get used to the empty arena era in wrestling to some degree where it's like, okay, let's appreciate this for what it is. And then like the moment fans are back, you're like, oh, well, this is just considerably better. (laughs) Like, this is just so obviously better. Uh, that it's hard to imagine that we were without. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You watch, you see the crowd in there and you instantly get jacked up. And you're like, fuck, I wanna be there. I wanna be oh, front uh, row. So. Yeah,
1: you said it perfect. It makes me wanna be in there. Like, it's like, oh my God, I miss being at wrestling shows. And it all s- scales and sizes. Like, I'm ready for local wrestling. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't have never been to an AEW show or pay per view or anything. Like, that seems so obvious to do now. I'm just, yeah, fired up to get back into some live wrestling.
0: It, while I was watching Double or Nothing, because they were showing the advertisements for All Out. And it's in Chicago this year. So mm-hmm. um, I had talked to my girlfriend, Holly, as she walked by. And I'm just like, you know, you like Chicago. So maybe like we're <laughs> both going to be va- double vaccinated by then. Maybe we go down and she looks at me. She's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like,
1: yeah, I know. I know. yeah, but we're on the late middle of it, honey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that feels, for me, it's the first show they'll announce in Vegas. I feel like mm-hmm. that is is very on the table for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So today we are going to, you have decided, you've joined us today. You are going to help preview Dominion, which is Mm -hmm. this Monday, June 7th. So I am not much, I I like New Japan wrestling, but if you were to ask me to uh, preview a card, I wouldn't know where to start. So I had to dive deep. I had to grab the person that I trust more than anything to get through a preview of New Japan who knows his shit. So you are here today to help. And, and Zoobs was busy is what you're saying. You couldn't, he was, <laughs> he was, couldn't he, join
1: us. Either. Yeah. He said, well, yeah, not a, not a chance on Wednesday. I'm busy. He said. <laughs> so, um, well, wow. I appreciate that, but, but I must say Blair, this is maybe the weirdest time ever to preview a new Japan pay-per-view. This is the least excited that I've been going into Dominion since like. I don't know, what, what year would Wrestle Kingdom 9's Dominion be? Whenever that was, well, so we're on 15, so I guess six Wrestle mm-hmm. Kingdoms ago, something like that. Uh, Dominion, of course, their SummerSlam, their second biggest show of the year, uh, the G1 Climax is sort of in that zone as well. But Dominion, no doubt a big show for them, but this has been a company that has been, um, well, ravaged by COVID for mm-hmm. one, um, but doing just booking all over the place. this year. So when we eventually get to tonight's main event and even something's lower down on the card, we'll get to preview and get we'll try to sort of piece together what storylines there are, but this is a very bandaged jigsawed show. It's hard to dive into the the real DNA of some of these a real trouble time for my I guess my favorite promotion.
0: Well, we are, you know, right now we're recording this, it's Thursday evening, we're about four days away, and Mm -hmm. as of this morning, there was only three matches announced, they announced two more today, but like, to go into a show of this magnitude, and to only have three matches announced is almost unheard of with New Japan, it seems, you know, normally, you have a card laid out in front of you. Well 100% and I
1: think uh my pal and yours Mike Noble always points out that one of the best things about New Japan is that match card order. It's a little bit real sports oriented. I know you like me are a big UFC guy, you know, you don't go into a pay-per-view wondering what what order the fights are going to be. You can sort of imagine the momentum of the evening and I like that in New Japan. Mm. Um this card is like you say we're we're 4 days out. They announced like dominion is being moved to monday normally on a sunday well i mean normally on a saturday for them but talk about here in uh, yeah. in canada for our time zones uh it's being moved to monday and here's your main event and likely co-main event of course kota Bushi versus jeff cobb and Shingo mm-hmm. versus kazuchika okada and nothing else it's like can you imagine wwe was like all right here now they do do this i guess <laughs> so they, they do announce like but they announced tickets so far out in advance they did this for dominion like 13, 14 days out, and only told you two matches. It's like yeah. that's really asking a lot of your uh, consumer base.
0: So, I mean, this morning we'll we'll start with the you know the not pre matches, but the uh, the undercard, so to say, to start mm-hmm. off. And this morning they announced it's going to be a ten man elimination match. So we've got Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Show, and everybody's favorite Hiromu or Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go facing off against Takahashi, Chase Owens, Taiji Ishimori, LP, and Yujiro Takahashi. Did I say him yet? I don't I think oh, evil, evil, uh, sorry. Evil,
1: okay. Um, yeah, wow. You really got to some contrasted star power going on throughout these teams. It's eh? sort of an example of where they're at. But I will say that, like, on paper, New Japan has a weird relationship with the multi-man tags, right? Because on one hand, they're not auto skips for me they're not meaningless but they are sort of previews of things to come you're watching for who's engaging in them what feuds might split out from them they're like micro tournaments in some ways uh in a tag match who pins who means a lot in these things and even who gets Mm -hmm. offense in on who means a lot of things but in the same breath anytime that you have talents of the level of tomohiro ishi and um hiroshi tanahashi in like any multi-man of this size, I'm just not that into it. Like Tomohiro Ishii, if I'm not mistaken, on this year's Wrestle Kingdom was in the uh, their Battle Royal as well. And like on w- cards this thin, we can't find a Tomohiro Ishii singles match. Like I feel like if you're looking up and down this card, and you're saying, Josh, how-, how can we maybe get some power on here? Who, who doesn't want to see Ishii? Literally, you could pair him off with anyone on the other team in this as a singles match. I feel like my interest in what's going on here would would double but i understand that right now they have such a thin roster that whatever that's where they're going with this whoever is she squares off here but they have to stretch this out because you know they just don't have the talent roster who can travel to them it sounds like they have all sorts of backstage drama with their gaisons on roster will osprey their champion now vacant and back in his uh, home country of england so disaster all around so i get why they're doing it but uh like when you see this one you're mostly hoping for like fun exchanges between like evil and ace i guess right Mm-hmm. or uh, ishimori and there's a guy who you know I, I guarantee you, at the end of this we'll say taishi ishimori looked incredible because bone soldier always is a show stealer in these things so i guess you look forward to that
0: he always seems to deliver and i mean even a few nights ago i think it was you were seeing uh lp gifts non-stop on twitter just from the match that he had you know and he's someone that he'll bring he's got that you know sort of shit heel to him that you you love to see just but he brings, you know, like whether it's the over-the-top back scratches or you know flipping off the fans, you know, the lead that, boot. Yeah, I love seeing that stuff. I mean, his recent matches on Impact, you know, he he delivered there. If you ask me, but I always he's one guy that I always love seeing wrestle.
1: Well, I mean, I'm right there with you. He is a fellow Vancouver son, as I am myself. I've seen him at my local federation a billion times, put on barn burner after barn burner, I'm thankful for him for that. But if I'm El Fantasmo right now. And I'm seeing all these Gaijins, some top Gaijins who are not going to be participating for a little while. I'm seeing a door close and a window open or whatever the hell the saying is. I'm (laughs) thinking if I'm El Phantasmo... This is my chance to, like, move up the card. I need to be making, you know, taking advantage. Jim Ross always says that thing, right? Like, it's like if you've got 30 seconds on camera, like, you better spend 31 of them, like, telling people who you are and making an impact. If I'm El Phantasmo right now, I'm seeing this as an absolute opportunity to launch up the card. I'm not saying he's ready to become a New Japan heavyweight or anything, but keep working that character. Stand out in these multi-mans. And, like, you could definitely, you're telling me, like, he couldn't find himself into a, a never title situation, But if he did the right things, like, that seems pretty realistic to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think he'll be able to reach the next level in New Japan? Do you see that in his future? Or do you think he'll be, you know, he'll do the junior heavyweight scene and then kind of just go wherever it takes him?
1: So it's so boring on a podcast to be like, well, I don't know. It depends what happens. So I'm going to say, I don't know. It depends what happens. Because (laughs) uh, as long as Jay White's there, it's kind of hard for me to see El Phantasmo being soaring up the ranks of bullet club not that they're identical of course but i'm Mm. saying within like the the stereotypes of wrestling they're close enough and in the same faction that i don't think lp is going to get like the push alongside jay or overthrowing him now eventually could he get the the role of so many before him of jay white of kenny omega of usurping of booting out maybe even at new year's dash jay white evil and becoming the new bullet club ascension sure I don't know if I see that for him or if they see him that for him but if he's just like like I go to New Japan for the work right right mm-hmm. so if he just becomes El Fantasmo is in the junior singles program wrestling other relevant guys on every card in the opener that's a great role for me like that's that's fantastic that's a, that's a wrestling career worth having and then maybe jumps up into the never if they run back the IC he can I, I see him more in that realm than an absolute top guy but who knows he's good at everything
0: Mm-hmm. He really is. Uh, he's one guy who I find, you know, constantly delivers when he gets the chance to. And for me, like, honestly, a multi-man matches, those are the ones that I'll like. I'll find the few matches on the shows that I really want to see, and those are the ones I gravitate towards. And I kind of right. stay away from the multi-man matches, just because if I have a limited time, you know, I can only watch so much in a day. Then I'm going to hit those two or three big matches that I want to see that I need to see. You know, so
1: yeah, I love to ask people this question. When do you watch wrestling? Uh,
0: I usually watch uh, in the mornings when I'm on the uh, on the treadmill. Oh, that's I'll sometimes I right. walk for an hour, so then I can usually get through two or three matches on there.
1: So, that's such a great call. Cause cause yeah, I know what you mean. Like that window of what you're gonna watch. And especially for me, like dynamite is the only thing that I'm always guaranteed to watch live or yeah. an AEW pay-per-view. Everything else is, you know, I'll catch it when I catch it. And I have a little space before bed, you know, maybe in, you know, Haley and I doing our things before we actually like go to bed together. And that hour, you know, I'm choosy with what goes there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's you know, I'll hear from, you know, friends in our Discord or from you or or any other people I trust. Like, oh, MLW had this standout this week. You know, GCW has so many of these Sunday shows that, like, very often I have one of those that I want to see the top of the card of. But but I know what you mean. It's like if you're sitting down for a New Japan show and you see the file is, you know, just shy of three hours long and you're really only interested in the top three singles matches at the top of the card, it's a big ask.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh- I like I'll watch dynamite every week. That's a given. And you know, the times that we're sitting around watching TV, I mean, it's, I don't want to be watching other stuff where it's like, you know, my girlfriend's not interested in watching it. So yeah, you, like, you dynamite, I can get by with that. And then other stuff, I watch that on my own time when I have time. So
1: it makes a great deal of sense to me. So
0: also announced this morning was a six man tag match. We got uh Naito, who is oh. easily one of your favorites, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, um, I think you could you could maybe call him my favorite wrestler sometimes.
0: He, I, I know that you you will go to back to him nonstop. So.
1: Well, when people shit on him, it, it's outright triggering to me.
0: <laughs> so we've got Naito, Sonata, and Bushi facing off against Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Doki. Doki? Doki?
1: I say Doki, um, but I, I'm not confident that that's right. So I'm just a Green Ta- Day fan.
0: <laughs> we all grew up with Dookie, so without question. Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr. They just won the uh, tag team championships uh, earlier this week. Now, ever since G One, I mean, I know on Wrestling Brain, I was uh, I had talked to you guys after the G One had finished, and I wasn't high on Tai Chi. You know, mm. I will own up to that without a matter of without a matter of doubt. You know, that's all right. After his performance since then, I almost feel like since the G one, he's gone to another level. Mm-hmm. Him and Zack Saber Jr. definitely have stepped it up. You know, to see them win the titles, it was great. And even uh, Tai Chi's ladder match a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I like that. Too. I
0: enjoyed that. Uh, I
1: think it's the the dangerous tackers, Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi together. It almost makes the New Japan Tag Division look embarrassing to me. Like, they're the only real active tag, you know, G.O.D., but it's like they're just always floating around there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the Techers are so interesting and so good. I don't think when, you know, they were beside each other in suzuki Goon for years, anybody was like, these guys' pairing will be such a money act. But to me, I'm I'm all in on these two. Anytime they're holding the belts, like, the New Japan Tag Division has my attention. And this Mm -hmm. match guarantees me Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito clinching up against one another most likely and I love those guys' matches a great deal. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I think this match is a good example. You could have a little addition by subtraction here. Now, again, I know that somebody has to take the pin and they have to do these matches down the road because we're thinning things out. Mm -hmm. But if you're telling me that this would have just been the top two guys from each, we cut out Dookie and Bushi. Although Bushi did main event The Road 2 the other night, and I watched that match, and that was pretty good. So maybe Bushi earned it. But I'd be probably more interested in this straight up as a 2v2 than a six-man. How about you?
0: Well, before I... Like I mean, I would be more interested in a just a straight up tag team match. Yeah. And I'm about to ask, do you think that's where we're going to go from here? We're going to see, you know, Naito and Sonata against uh, Dangerous Techers? or do you think it's just going to be a one off, of, you know, the six man tag, and they're going to move on to something something else?
1: I see a Destino on Duki, a one two three, and then a, a Techers versus Naito, and well, and then whoever Naito's paired with, you'll know if he's winning or losing. So if it's Bushi, <laughs> he's not winning the titles, and if it's Sonata.
0: There's a good chance.
1: There's a good chance they're winning the titles. But <laughs> yeah, Naito's sort of a guy with with no home right now. And maybe I can get a little bit more into this when we get to the main event. But the, the main event scene is just so in turmoil in New Japan right now that uh, I don't know that a tag run for Naito would be the worst thing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. It gives him something to do since there's almost so much, con- I don't want to say confusion, but... Uh... You know, confusion. confusion or disarray in the main event scene. So it gives him something to do. And, you know, it's almost something fresh, you know, a different. It's almost like when, you know, Shawn Michaels would get a tag team title run. And it'd be like, you know, with him, Steve Austin, even if it lasted a few weeks, it's something different, you
1: know, just a cool down period for him. But like his overness carries him through this and they never need to hold the titles for long or anything because they both have all the juice that they need. Yeah. So something like that, I think could work for him. So, but yeah, I am picking them to the LIJ guys to pick up the win
0: here. Okay. Now. This next match was supposed to be at uh, Dentaku a few weeks back, but it got cancelled for the IWGP Junior Championship with Yo facing off against uh, Desperado. Yeah. Now, I mean, we've mentioned before, you know, COVID did a number on New Japan with, you know, they cancelled shows and a few, I think it ended up being like seven guys or so that they announced had contacted it or were out because of it
1: did they ever give like a hard list or number i'm not sure that they did i think it was all just like people picking up from who got pulled off of cards at the last minute and then okada Mm -hmm. said that he had it in an interview and i actually want to say tai chi did too if i'm
0: not mistaken but i think okada tai chi yeah desperado was hospitalized right and then i think it was uh david finley okay uh i don't know if jay white had it or not Cause I thought that's why Ooh. he couldn't come back to. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. I think he did too. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's a lot
1: of relevant guys and David Finley, but a lot of relative <laughs> guys <are> relevant guys.
0: <laughs> so now how much do you think that the COVID is going to like Desperado ha- dealing with COVID? How much is that going to affect him? Cause the junior heavyweights, you know, you see the work rate, it goes to the next level with some of those matches. Is he going to be able to deliver?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I say yes, but I am uh, I'm of the belief that people love Desperado not for his work rate. Now, not that his work rate is bad, um, but he's a pretty good junior wrestler to me who constantly wrestles great wrestlers and he has a good look and his moves look set in. So I, I don't think he works a style. Like I don't think people I, I'm kind of sometimes I'm surprised by how much people like desp because like he works an incredibly heel moveset. Like everything is cutting off offense. There's the 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 finisher, the sort of in and out. Um, well, this is a great description of it. Can you tell I haven't slept much the last three nights. But anyway, <laughs> he, he he doesn't do a lot of flashy offense. So I think a lot of it is the like. I think people like him a lot, and it, and he has good matches. But again, when you're wrestling Hiromu Ishimori and Show. You know, again, at some point you do credit the guy, but it's like, Mm. isn't he almost forty at this point? Like, I don't think of him as Mister Work Rate, so I think he'll be able to hold up. But, but even more than COVID, I feel like the maybe not more than COVID, but alongside COVID. I feel like the shadow of missing Hiromu Takahashi is looming large over this whole division. Like, he is such the star of this division, and I don't know if you want to call him injury-prone at this point. I don't know if he's still injured, and they're just sort of waiting for crowds to bring him back, but this is a guy who adds so much interest to the card's for me and adds a lot to the junior division for me because i know the juniors are sexy now and it's like a division everybody likes when i got into new japan it was not the juniors that i was you know super obsessed with and i think haromu's done a lot to sort of swap around my opinion on them so i need him back i need this pandemic to end but i do think desperado will be able to get it done here i just worry because like you know what the big problem with yo is he isn't show and so (laughs) it's like i don't know this is this probably the worst guy he'll have wrestled in a while right
0: because even uh, during the G1 towards the end there, cause they they'll always do those tag matches and stuff like the, uh, when the guys aren't wrestling, you know, and I think towards the end show had a, a tag match with Okada. That's right. And And you saw, you know, just the level that show could bring, you know, and it's like, you know what? Show was a fantastic worker, dude. Show Ishimori and
1: Hiromu were like an insane top three for that division. And now you think of like the Forbidden Door opening, and I think I might have even been you who who was like, "Oh, I'd love to see Darby Allen get over into the 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 Battle of the Super Juniors." And it was like if you could get those three guys from New Japan, maybe like two AEW guys in there. I mean, like the Super Junior starts to look like, rele- I mean, the big statement, but like as good as the G1, straight up in mm-hmm. terms of your work rate. Like that that is incredible top of cards so the sooner we can get back to that the better does El Desperado overs yo like move my richter scale all that much like not really man.
0: Mm-hmm. well i think it was the 2019 super juniors where it was uh osprey, osprey LP, yeah, yeah uh, all those guys you know that was one of the you know best super uh, Best battle of the Super Juniors that I've seen, you know, because it seemed like oh, yeah. every night there was a match that delivered. You know, you were looking at four and a half, five star matches nonstop.
1: Yeah, I certainly don't proclaim to be an expert on the Battle of the Super Juniors. I've probably like I, you talked to me about New Japan Cups, you talk to me about G ones. I have watched every single match of the past couple of years of them, but I don't, I don't have that relationship with the Super Juniors. It's, mm-hmm. it's again one of those things where I sort of hear about which are the great ones and then seek out those matches. But I, this last, that one you're describing was the one that I enjoyed most. Easily you, well. t-
0: you had touched on it briefly with the uh, the juniors right now, and I mean, with, you know, the restrictions in place, how much is this affecting what the junior division can be in New Japan, you know?
1: Yeah, man, you have to think a lot, right? Like e- even intercompany stuff, like they've had other Japanese promotions guys in the battle of the super juniors, like in COVID times, it would be nice to, or sorry, like I- if your roster was injured, if you had lost a Hiromu, it'd be nice to exercise as many options as possible. It's like, what working relationships do we have? Like years ago, do we have a ring of honor guy we could bring over? You know, you start to look at your options if your own Rolodex is a little empty and that just isn't on the table right now. So, I mean, it greatly not only in the the travel restrictions but like the the speed with which they burn through the matchups right like and again when we get to the main event we can really hit home on this but it's like they're just getting through stuff and, and what's next just isn't all that clear
0: mm-hmm. you i mean uh new japan strong they had their super junior cup that they did i think it was november so it was towards the end of last year if I'm yeah i
1: think november's right
0: And you saw, you know, like, Leo Rush was in there, LP, and then you even had, you know, like, Blake Christian was there. He's right in New York, but like... Alex Zane. Yeah, it was almost like that was going to be, like, the next wave you were going to see almost integrated into the New Japan Junior Division, which would have been fantastic.
1: Well, and I I felt so optimistic towards that, man. Again, not to sort of harp on... I I know that, uh, you know, I'm always, oh, GCW this, GCW that, but it really is something that like, I thought Alex Zane was for sure going there. Like he had wrestled for them on like every U S date. He had wrestled a meaningful junior. I forget who it was at one of those shows. It might actually been Ishimori, but, but I forget. I thought he was so bound for it. And like you say, that really did look like the next crop, but I I don't know what happened there. I think they just sort of got Mm outdone.
0: But so with this matchup, I mean, do you think does yo have a chance or is it going to be? Okay. Well, there we go. No, Despy's I, I would, I would put it.
1: his his chances at very low. I think, like, again, I think there's basically three people that you could put it on in that division. I think whoever's holding it is just keeping it warm for if Hiromu's better, they're waiting for crowds, and if he's mm-hmm. not better, whenever he is, I think they're just keeping it warm. And I think I think Hiromu Despi is a hot rematch. Like, yeah, that that would feel reasonably big to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Hiromu trying to get back his title and kind of you know fighting for the one he never lost.
1: I I hate to play host on your show, but can I ask you one question? Sure. Do you think New Japan has any fear of, like, booking Hiromu into a a prominent position like that? I think that's not two titles vacated, or he vacated the title once and then had the shot and couldn't show up for it uh, before that. Do you think he has, like, the late... Like, would they hesitate to put him back in that spot?
0: I don't think so. I think that they know with what he brings to the division that he's almost the guy that you're building around yeah that you want him as your champion you're going to bring in the other challengers i mean like you know his feud with uh lp that he had you know that i wanted to see lp win i won't lie you know but you know they were still delivering so you want to those who are great opponents talent. yeah you want them to bring in the other talent to uh you know put on those good matches and build off of what Hiromu brings to the division i totally
1: agree so
0: now co-main event I'm very excited about this match because, I mean, you know, uh, one of the guys is one of my favorites. We've got Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. Now...
1: Which one of those is one of your favorites?
0: Ibushi. Oh, okay, okay. I I fucking love Ibushi. I think he's fantastic. You know, he gets dropped on his head and you cringe every time it happens, (laughs) but he just, he gets right back up and he'll do just the sickest shit. And you're just like, you wonder how he even manages, so...
1: Yeah, he's and for for such duration too. It's like mm-hmm. that's been his reputation for a decade. Like it's it's unbelievable.
0: Now I love Ibushi, but you know you were seeing some of the gifts leading up because of the tag matches. You know you had Master Wado facing Master Wado and Ibushi facing off games, Cobb and Great Oka. You're seeing some of the gifts out there. Is Cobb bringing it to the next level? Do you think that with Osprey gone? is Jeff Cobb finally getting a chance to show what he can bring to new Japan?
1: Yes. uh, As he should too, by the way, Uh, Jeff Cobb, just like a total no brainer for a push for any company in my mind, somebody who I think, I I think wrestling in general, Blair has an issue with match length. It's like the only match lengths can be like 12 to 15 minutes or 35 or 30 minutes plus. Mm -hmm. And I think Cobb and Shingo is a match that I keep thinking about this year. I keep returning to it because it was 12 minutes and it was one of my matches of the year. It's not my match of the year, but it's in that. It's in that. It's. Not, I don't even think I gave it over six stars on my seventh star rating. But it's it's <laughs> such a good match for how for how for how short it is. And I think that these are all these things need to be. Like I hope Jeff Cobb and Ibushi go out there. And to, to directly answer your question, I hope the version of is Jeff Cobb going to be put in the spotlight, is Jeff Cobb going to take it to the next level? I just hope they let Jeff Cobb look fucking strong over 10, 12-minute matches. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. need to beat Ibushi. He needs to go out there and have a car crash with him. And if you want to do that against a guy, forget about Shingo Tagaji. Kota Abushi is the guy. Like, this mm-hmm. is the the match on this card for me. Uh, I can't wait to see this. I think the more you sort of ruminate on these guys, the more you're like, oh, are they actually like great opponents? Like, Think of Kota Ibushi taking a tour of the islands. Like, I don't think it's going to happen because I think Ibushi is going to win the match and I don't think they're going to have somebody kick out of the tour of the islands. But like just the idea of like how thrown around Kota Ibushi is willing to get chucked, uh, contrasted with how good Jeff called is at chucking people. <laughs> um, yes, I don't suspect that he's going to pick up the win here, but I think he's a guy that, they're absolutely going to be giving that next level push to. You asked me earlier with, do I see that for LP? I hope so. Do I see that for Jeff Cobb? That seems outright likely to me.
0: Mm-hmm. It almost feels like when he first uh, was brought into New Japan, like it took a little bit to get going. and it seems like just recently that he's been able to get the chance to show what he can do.
1: I have a completely unsubstantiated theory about Jeff Cobb's first g one. can and there it can never it can never be proven. And uh, people can tell me I'm wrong all they want, but uh, I don't believe it. I think Jeff Cobb was going to have a really good first G1. I think he went over to New Japan being like, this is my time. And they had given him like some really good looking booking on paper because he had given some interviews around that time that he was like, yeah, it's actually been my dream to head over there, that sort of thing. But then John Moxley, Dean Ambrose becomes a free agent right before that G1 enters the same block as Jeff Cobb and demolishes everybody. I think that they took away some of Jeff Cobb's booking, gave it to Mox, and Cobb just fucking called in all the losses he had to take. That, again, I have no proof of this, no inside <laughs> information. That That's just what I think happened because I've mm-hmm. seen this guy wrestle a billion times and I've seen all the guys he wrestled in G1 wrestle tons of times. And I've never seen him be as listless unless he was sick unless he was jet lagged like it has to be something like that because over the course mm-hmm. of the two weeks it, actually it, what was him verse mox okay I, forget. I feel like he had like one that was sort of of note but everything else was like very dry
0: if i remember i think it was like a decent match it wasn't a blowaway, but it was memorable
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, but yeah, so that, that's just what I think. I think the world of Jeff Cobb, I think there's a lot of him to go. He doesn't need to be in these 25 minute matches though. He just mm-hmm. does it. He, not everybody needs that grand epic. Like, I think this has genuinely been Okada and to some degree Omega's influence is that you, people just think, oh, good matches are long now because some good matches are long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just isn't true. Like, there's so many bad long matches, and there's so many boring middles of matches. And so I hope that Jeff Cobb's feature is, like, steering more into, like, this giant wrestling Hawaiian, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, because, you like, I mean, you know that I'm a PWG fan, and seeing the matches that Cobb was doing there, so you, you kind of have that built in of what he can do. Yeah, you know and, better than me. You why, What am I explaining to you how good he is? So, I mean, you see that, and then when he, you know, first joins up in New Japan, you're almost waiting for him to break to break through and show what he can do. And I feel like now he's really starting to deliver. He's getting the chance to show what he can do. And I think that like, I mean, sky's the limit for him If he gets that opportunity.
1: When you use the word right there, opportunity. And I said it earlier, you know, the door closes, the window opens, like forget about again, LPs, you know, Oh, Will Ospreay's Gaijin thing is gone. Like what is the United empire without Will Ospreay? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're a tag team. Like th- this is a real chance for Jeff Cobb. And listen, I'm also a great O'Con apologist. I love the great O'Con. <laughs> I, I, I had my mind changed by the great O'Con like this once. Um, i dear Palamon. Jordan DeSharm was uh, he lives in England, so sometimes he's awake when I'm watching New Japan cards because of the time difference. And he's not really a New Japan guy, but I, I forget what the show was. But I talked him into it. it's like, oh, tune into this, bud. Like you'll you'll like it. He was a wrestling fan growing up, all this sort of thing. And he's like, yeah, all right, this is okay. This is okay. And then the Great O'Con comes out, and he was messaging me. Or no, we were on voice chat, and he's like, "Who the fuck is this? Why didn't you tell me about this guy? Like, who is this? He was so interested in the Great O'Con, and you know the the camera, like the entrance with like the sort of tilting camera work, and he's got the. the and I was like, you know what? Actually, yeah, Great O'Con is sick. I back. <laughs> like in that moment, my mind was just made up. You know, sometimes that happens with wrestlers. We're just yeah. like, oh, okay, and uh, and it goes
0: you can go through and be watching a match and it doesn't really hit you. And then someone will point out one little thing that they do. And you're just like, your opinion will almost like just fl- like a switch flips and you're like, actually, that's pretty fucking cool. Totally. Yeah. That's why
1: I, I love talking about wrestling so much. Like I have my mind changed, like on wrestling brain with Zoobs like it changes
0: my mind all the time.
1: It's like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I didn't notice that actually. Maybe that is better than I thought mm-hmm. or, or whatever.
0: And that's the thing, I mean, like, with our little, like, in the the Wrestling Brain Discord, where we're, you know, talking, like, there's, everyone's got, you know, something different that they'll like, or, you Mm -hmm. know, be posting different matches. So, you know, someone will post something, you might not be super familiar with it, or kind of pass it off, and then you watch it, and you're just like, actually, you know, that's actually, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, and it gets you into something completely different well and it keeps you from becoming like a quote-unquote
1: old man right like i sort of feel this with music as i age that like at at one time i was so on the cutting edge of like listening to what was new and like checking music blogs daily was like such a part of my appetite but i've exited that cycle and i've noticed my relationship with music also sort of exit that cycle where i'm just like Mm -hmm. listening to more and more of what i've always listened to uh and i think that like that keeps it keeps that from not happening in wrestling where it's like Mm -hmm. Okay, do I really need like this many kick out luchadors? Not really, but it's good to it's good to see what's out there.
0: Mm-hmm. I-, I felt that because when I was younger, I'd be uh, visiting punknews.org, like regularly. Hundred percent. Like, you're just like, oh yeah, okay. I'll check out this album. Check out this album, and then you kind of branch away from that. And you're like. Uh, he- can't really go back after that. So,
1: Which is weird because you guys, mine in your age, we would, if we liked the sound of something there, we had to put through so much more effort to actually listen to it. Like that discoverability now, if we put in the same amount of effort to discover... The access is right there. Like, we just mm-hmm. literally type the name of the phone. And like, I'm listening to this now.
0: Yeah. But back then it would be, you know, you either have to go buy the CD and you're dropping 20 bucks a piece or, you know, go on Soul Seek or Kazaa and try to <laughs> yeah. download the album. And,
1: you know, so it's... risk a virus on your parents' computer. <laughs> hey,
0: sometimes it was worth
1: it. So. Almost every time.
0: <laughs> now, the main event for Dominion for the IWGP championship Osprey had to vacate it for his neck injury or whatever's going on with him. You know, the dirt sheets are reporting different stuff, you know, whether he's unhappy or this and that we got Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi to crown a new champion. Now, before we get into the match, what is going on with the heavyweight scene there?
1: Well, I hate this. Um... When when you, if you were to say, you know, years ago, let's say you and I are only watching WWE and I start watching New Japan and you say, Josh, I, I don't want to wake up at 2 a.m. I, these guys don't even speak the same language. Why the fuck would I watch New Japan? I would say, Blair, here's why. Because they're doing things that make sense. The, the, you know, there's this natural progression. The guys that win, you the, the guys that lose, you can kind of see where things are going. Things seem to generally pay off more often than not. You're going to really enjoy this here has been shingo tagaji's 2021 and please feel free to correct me if i'm wrong he was the never champion but then he lost to everybody in the main event scene (laughs) for the quarter year he's lost to to tanahashi Mm -hmm. jay white osprey twice abushi twice and okada in so he loses to okada then loses to all those guys and now he's rematching okada for the iwgp heavyweight title Mm -hmm. um it's not really fair to either guy because like on paper, like if you would have last year shown me this Wikipedia entry and been like, Hey, I'm not going to tell you how we get there, but Shingo Tagaji's challenging for the IWGP title, heavyweight title against Okada. I'd be like, well, fuck. Yeah. Like that, that sounds like the best shit ever. Like that, <laughs> that sounds absolutely must see. But I mean, we just saw this and it was good, but it wasn't my favorite match of the cup. And I, there's no reason for Shingo to be here. Like, why would Shingo win this match? Like we've seen him lose to every other relevant champion tier guy. Like he can't beat Jay White, who just won the Never title. Like he mm-hmm. can't beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, who just lost the Never title. Like, I, I don't know. And I guess and people go, that's not how wrestling works. And it's like, well, yeah, but it, it did in, in New Japan. And that's what I liked about it. And that's why I'm sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, So to, to explain to you what's going on, I have no fucking idea. Like, Okada makes sense. Again, once again, you're a UFC guy like me. Once you're a defending champion of long enough, you can kind of all, you, you just exist in the title picture. Even once you've mm-hmm. lost your title, anytime you're off a win, you, you can be right back in the title picture because everybody knows how established and great you are. And you, yeah, You could put Okada into the title picture off a win at any point in time, and it's going to make a certain degree of sense because he is Kazuchika Okada, the longest-running IW. GP heavyweight champion in a reign that I think will go down in history that everybody just adores, right? So no problem with that. But why are we doing Shingo so dirty, man? Like, this is somebody who I think everybody sees something in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he wins on on Monday, but, like, is that even a great title win? Like, off of all these losses, he finally manages to just beat Okada out of nowhere? Like, is that good for Okada? Like, the, the whole thing just, like, again, I should be able to just be salivating for this, but they're they're hoisting this ugly belt, uh, and the, the worst build ever. It's like, what, Gato? What are we doing, man? So, mm-hmm. so I, I know I didn't really answer your question of what's going on in the heavyweight scene, but unfortunately, that's about as accurately as I can describe what is going on in the heavyweight scene.
0: Mm-hmm. It does seem like at this point it's just a giant clusterfuck. I mean, normally you would see, you know. Guys knocking on the door, whether it's, you know, it, it were, like I've mentioned this before for different situations, but like there'd almost be like five or six guys that would be interchangeable that you could put into that title picture, you know? And right now it's just like with Osprey gone, it's just like, no, we're going to put Okada and Shingle. Right. That.
1: So. And it's just, it feels so uncreative, right? Like you're right. It does just feel like some sort of default. And, and listen, I understand wanting to just treat this like. Okay, let's just get the belt on Okada and just treat this as day 1. Like COVID's been so hard on us, like like all the but do do some build. Like I, get, I I'm I'm no wrestling brain, <laughs> but I, I could I could think of a million ways to just make this more interesting than fighting Shingo Takaji on a giant losing streak. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not that hard to do.
0: When I mean, Osprey, you know, had won the title, and you know, Shingo had come out, and he wanted to face uh, Osprey. Wanted to face Okada, and then Shingo came out. Like at that point, like I mean, I was still I was kind of excited because like Okada's out there, and he's just kind of like, all right, yeah, let's you know, let's do it, you know, you know let's and, wrestle. Yeah, and like I mean, I'm a huge Okada fan. I mean, the podcast is named after him, right? But of course, there's no way that he doesn't come out of Dominion as champion. Am I wrong here, or? Do you see them giving Shingo the title? So I listen.
1: He has to be your favorite. You have to pick Okada here. But like, if to some degree you're gambling on chaos too, because this is a chaotically booked company right now. So it's like, think of all again contrasted with Okada's reign. How many how many different people have held the belt within like the last eighteen months? It's like Naito, Evil, Ibushi, Will Ospreay have all held it within like recent memory. So mm-hmm. it, it's not like it's this insane thing to think oh the another another champ hold i movie mean, we have shingle a short run here get get people fired up about that and and once we're back in front of fans large then we have the big okada win like i can imagine that being the discussion backstage too mm-hmm. but uh you know not now why now
0: mm-hmm. i mean if you don't have the fans like there then it, it almost kind of AEWs. they've been one who they don't hold off on Tons of surprises or they're booking, you know, like I think they realize that we have to, we can't keep putting stuff off because or else we're never going to get to it, you know? So you had, you know, like the revival, they show up, you know, you had like the barbed or the explosion match, you know, they're doing all these different things. They're not holding back. Even the Brody Lee debut, you know? Right. Yep. 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 So, you know, I'm, they, that was one that they wanted to do in front of fans, you know, but it didn't work out that way, but you can't hold off forever or even blood and guts. You know, they went almost a year where finally it was like, well, fuck, let's just do the damn thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Know? We better just do blood and guts now. And and again. It's just always better to do it because you don't know who's getting injured. You you just don't know what's going to happen, right? So, like, if you have mm-hmm. something hot, you have to run with it. I think that's such a failing of the the New York product is, like, mm-hmm. they're just set in concrete in some ways unless one other person wants to change it. I mean, in some ways, they're also always changing, I suppose. But, like, you think of, like, something like Rusev Day. And it's, like, mm-hmm. you, you guys just don't want to just give them a little tag title run? Like, it seems seems like that would probably work here like yeah. <laughs> i i know that the usos 17th run probably is cool but like maybe maybe something on the flyer but um but yeah i, I wanted to bring up Lair just about the main event if i could yes uh the absence of one and Ito. so i don't know if they want to do okada and naito 4 as like the the big show back but like that would have been a way that I would have considered going here is mm-hmm. to, to have him back into the title picture because I think it's missing something without him. Like Shingo is so cooled off. And if you want to have an LIJ representative in there, again, you're talking about doing it well. you can. It might just be time to, to reconnect to those guys if that's going to be your reset. Or, or, I mean, the way I would have done it is you have all four faction leaders in an elimination match. So you do Suzuki, Naito, Okada, but then would you put Evil or Jay White in there?
0: Personally, I would put Jay White. Evil, he hasn't done it for me.
1: I, sorry, I, I just remember Jay White has the never. So I'm going to put Evil in here just okay. because then you have four people entering with with no belts. But I do mm-hmm. agree with you that Jay White is the better wrestler of the two right now. And
0: it seems but, but, even before you go on, it's, it almost yeah. seems like the past few events, like the opinions on him have almost turned where, I mean, you know, we've mentioned in the chat, like it started, like, more people have noticed like what he can bring in matches where it's not just you know shitting on Jay White. It's like actually he's a really good wrestler. You know, well he's changed a
1: lot too, right? Like it, it, he's done himself a giant service by growing an enormous goatee getting insanely jacked and removing all the stupid buckles and shit from his jacket like he's a lot more stripped down old school heel now like he looks like a greasy jacked pirate in leather pants like his his jacket isn't like dripping in buckles like a hot topic thing anymore like <laughs> if you look at the jay white that wrestled tanahashi at wrestle kingdom and the guy that wrestled them for the never it's like you're looking at two pretty different wrestlers mm-hmm. um at least aesthetically like the, the style is pretty similar but in terms of like somebody that you could get behind I mean, the presentation on the old guy is just so horrible. But, but but all that's to say, you do this elimination match. If you want it on Okada, there's a million ways to go Okada. But for me, if you look at, like, if they were going to go the Shingo route on Sunday, something that I would consider, or sorry, Monday. Um, if they were going to go the Shingo route, something that I would have considered instead is you have Suzuki in that elimination match. You have Okada and Naito beat on one another and eliminate each other. And then Suzuki pile drives evil. And Suzuki's your winner because you remember pre-COVID there were all those rumors that they were going to give Suzuki like a retirement run with the top belt. Uh, do that for a couple months. Minoru Suzuki has so much fan goodwill. People would love a, a Suzuki Goon babyface run. Like, it's not like the Techers aren't already teasing it anyway. And ditto for El Desperado. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I really, again, I'm sure they have reasons. They know what's going forward. It's so easy for me on the outside to be like, here's what I would have done. But, like, that just seems so, if you told me that was the main event and that's what you want to do for your restart, it's so much more interesting to me. And again, if you want to go with Okada there, Okada can be an evil too, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, give Suzuki that little retirement run and uh, have like an interest, some sort of hook. I know they don't like the multi man uh, matches for their titles there, but uh, I think it would have been in service here.
0: No, definitely. So, if now, if I'm putting you on the spot, who are you taking in the main event?
1: i'll pick kazuchika okada yeah okay yeah but but i wouldn't be like i don't think he's a lock like you presented i I, there's there's ways i could talk myself into shingo winning but Mm -hmm. i think as a shingo fan i just like i want his win to be better than this like i don't want his win to be in front of nobody off of a bunch of losses like i don't know we
0: we've seen what Shingo can do in the ring and i mean he's he doesn't deserve just like i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it but like I don't want to see him get the title win after the build that it's been like this, you know, you want to see a build where he's getting the wins and he's being presented better than just hundred Shingo Okada, you know, and Shingo's lost half a dozen matches leading up to it. Yeah. Well, when we crave wins for the wrestlers, we like, we're craving
1: moments, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't really know what the moment would be for Shingo there. Like, he's overcoming something in the way that, like, he's lost a bunch and now he's won. But it, like, plays more like a fluke than, like, some sort of finding himself come back, like, some sort of achievement.
0: Mm-hmm. So, now that's our Dominion preview great now i mean one more thing we'll touch on before we uh we wrap this up because i know you just moved into the place you got a celebrating to do you know you got on that's right yeah stuff, so busy um, guy over here bro, please <laughs> no nah, i got i got all the time in the world for you brother you know that well I, I appreciate that so new york good old wwe they decided this past week they were gonna you know budget cuts you know they're not making enough money so they <laughs> yeah. released i think it was six more wrestlers you know we had Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Ruby Riot, uh Buddy Murphy. Right. And, oh, Lana. And I, was there one more?
1: I think that's all of them. Oh, yeah. uh, um, uh, Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett.
0: Now, how fast is Ghetto getting on the phone to call <laughs> Alistair Black to get him over to New Japan after the 90 days is up? God, man. I hope
1: that, that uh I hope that phone call happened yesterday. Um, I love Alistair Black. I saw a lot of people calling for him to join Suzuki Goon because he has sort of that kickboxer shoot style. Uh for me, I actually like him a lot more alongside evil and bullet club. Like, I, I think that steering into the supernatural side of Alistair Black in Japan, I, I don't know if everybody realizes like spiritual stuff, like ghost demon shit, is like incredibly healing in Japan. Like they're uncomfortable with it, they don't like it. I like, I think he would. Add a a gravitas, you know, evil Zack Saber Junior. If you like in uh, in Bullet Club, I'm so tired of the the Dick Togo partnership with evil. But if I you had like Alistair Black towering beside him and fighting all like the number twos of the other factions, like he's tussling with the you know Shingo Sonata um, guys of that ilk, like Mm -hmm. that's just great shit to me.
0: Um, so I mean, I personally, I'm happy wherever he goes, just. As long as they use him properly, like yeah. Obviously, you know all the companies will be making pitches for a lot of these wrestlers. Keep them away from Impact. I, <laughs> yeah. By all means, they should be going all in on him. Um, but I mean, a guy like Buddy Murphy, you know, who's such a fantastic wrestler, that's the kind of guy Impact should be going after. You know, like, yeah. And more of that caliber wrestlers because they've got a lot. Totally of the, agree you know the personality there but like get some some of those high quality wrestlers you know like whether it's putting him in the x division or even the main event scene that's what i'd love to see
1: yeah buddy murphy's a main eventer there isn't he i think so and you I couldn't mean, put him you couldn't put him in the x division i don't think he's like dude Impact's title scene is awful like rich swan moose like it's like i'm a lot more interested in buddy murphy than those guys
0: mm-hmm. i mean if we still have the most recent or the you know, the cuts from April or whatever, all those guys that in a month's time, their 90 days are up, you know. Yes,
1: Samoa Joe. And
0: the guys of that nature, you know. So you're almost wondering like a company like Impact, they've got to be almost salivating at what they could potentially be bringing in
1: and for me what's fun is uh i would love the indies to be rejuvenated a little bit like wwe has just been in this holding pattern forever where they're just trying to eat up the entire indies so nowhere can sa- sign anyone uh i just get fired up for like wrestlemania weekend 2022 mm-hmm. when like the indies have these guys like buddy murphy doing a mania week of like main events against top guys at people's feds like that's pretty interesting to me mm-hmm. um You know what was interesting to me too, though, Blair, was uh, the the most interesting name to trend on Twitter for me yesterday with the names of uh, all the releases was somebody who wasn't on the list. And somebody, I believe their name trended last uh, batch of releases too, which is maybe unfair, but WWE signed Eva Marie recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I saw she was trending yesterday, and so I click (laughs) on there. It's like, what am I doing? Click on it. You know, you're just begging for it. And I see a lot of people being like, how the fuck do you cut Ruby Riot specifically Mm -hmm. to re-sign an Eva Marie? And now you and I know that isn't how the world works. Like Ruby Riot was not fired for Eva Marie. That was not exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. But it does like... Just sort of speak to like a transition for WWE, and maybe not a transition because this is really who they are. They're not the they they did become sort of indie rific for a couple of years there, but okay. it's not, it's not really who they are at their core. But it it really is another step in the like my dwindling interest in their product. It's like. they're in record profits like not this year but exiting pan or entering pandemic they were record years with all the saudi arabia money and the new um peacock deal now like they're they're making (laughs) money hand over fist and it's like on one hand you're sad because you want a guy like alistair black who seems like a great human being and a nice guy to have a steady paycheck and all that but in the same breath it's like i like that guy and i don't want to watch new york so like give me alistair black everywhere. Sorry about the paycheck, Alistair, but like, it's, it's not good news that he got fired, but for me, there's a lot of stuff for me to get excited about. A lot of matchups I want to see, which hasn't really been the case for the last year or two.
0: You almost see, like, okay, he's not getting used in New York, so the fans, they want to see Alistair Black, you know? Like, he's an incredibly popular wrestler. He delivers in the ring. His matches in NXT, um, his match against uh, Neville in the UK tournament, you know, that uh, beautiful cathedral match. match. Yeah, like, as soon as he goes to the indie scene, if he chooses to do that, you know, like people are going to be lining up to see him. They're going to the companies are going to be knocking down his door to try to get him. It's and who want see this?
1: I mean, for him, like, does one of those New Japan slash indies in America deals make most sense? Like, mm-hmm. like you say, there's a guy who's a ticket seller. Like, Alistair Black can sell at your 500 person house in a main event against your best guy. In any sort of metropolitan city, like mm-hmm. that's that's a, that's a good tool to have. So, like, if I'm him, I'm on the heads kicking off tour for a little <laughs> while uh, across any three letter promotion in the the Northeast. But that's just me.
0: I think with uh, – because ROH, they've almost mm. re- redone their women's division there because they got their tournament going on. So they almost have to be salivating at the potential the, – the workers, the, yeah, the talent Lana. they can bring in. That's exactly who I was going to get to. <laughs> uh, you know, the Ruby Riot, the you know, Santana Garrett, she can wrestle yeah. even if they want to bring in the Iconics, you know for sure there's a lot of talented women's wrestlers that ROH can bring in and elevate that division even more
1: I don't think Ruby Riot is as good as some people do um like I can think of something she's done in ring that I find like really entry level sometimes but she has done lots of stuff I like too um and like you say if if you're ring of honor right now like What a boost to your roster! I was thinking, even if you're NWA, like you're looking down Thunder Rosa Mm -hmm. and Serena D leaving pretty soon. Like, do you consider sort of throwing? I know they don't have a ton of money to throw around, but like, is she one of the bigger contracts you want to have on there? Like, she could be the face of your. Does she fit NWA? I don't know, but but you know what I mean. Like, there's definite feds that can get money out of these.
0: I mean, Billy Corgan still has that Siamese dream money, so he's just gotta open (laughs) a pocketbook,
1: dude. He deserves it. I love that bucket. He he deserves every penny, I, I you know. The day the day my heart died is when he went on InfoWars, but like to some degree, it's like this guy is in one of my favorite bands of all time, and with all of his money, decided to buy the NWA. Like, that's kind of my dream life. Like, if one of my (laughs) bands would have ever taken off, and there's like, hey, I'm super rich, what can I blow it all on? And somebody was like, Did you know the NWA is for sale? Like, the NWA, the, the National Wrestling Alliance is for how much. And they tell you the number, it's like fuck yeah, like that's so cool to me.
0: Like Ruby Riot might not have the typical NWA look, but I mean that could almost benefit her and the company, you know, as sure. it's something different that they're bringing in. Could even
1: be her whole angle, right?
0: Yeah. It's so like you I guys mean, are
1: in the past. I'm the future. Like that's a that's a whole gimmick.
0: Now we've mentioned a few of the names. Where do you see, if anywhere, Braun Strowman going?
1: So sorry. Do I where do I want to see him go, or what do I think he does?
0: What do you think he does?
1: I don't think he does stuff that's wrestling related. He might yeah. do like appearances or like one-offs here and there. Um, but I see him more like a Ryback than I do uh, like, a, I don't know,
0: somebody who went to
1: the Indies and wrestled
0: a bunch. <laughs> well, what do you want to see him do?
1: A lot, man. I think the world of Braun Strowman. Um, yeah. I think that I sent out a tweet from the Wrestling Burn account the other day, and I don't know if you agree with me here, but there's a pretty clear moment that I think he should have been their champion. Like he was, he was very over. People were cheering for him against Brock. Um, I, I thought the Raw run against Roman, where he was just destroying everything, was a whole lot of fun. Uh, again, I was it was on an episode of Block Party a couple weeks ago with uh, Kath Barbadoro, and she said the the day that a big muscular guy. Who can't really wrestle, can't be in wrestling is the day I stop watching. And I thought that, you know, that was, that was a pretty good point to me. I'm, I'm a Scott Steiner guy. I'm a Goldberg guy. I'm a Ryback guy. Like, mm-hmm. this is a, and again, and they're not identical to Braun Strowman, but you know what I mean. This yeah. is a, I'm a Mark Henry guy. Like, this mm-hmm. is a prototype of wrestler that I'm into. I don't think the entire game is work rate. So, yeah, I think for me, it'd be AEW because that's the federation I take in the most. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you tell me that he's wrestling Wardlow tomorrow, like, that gets my juices flowing um so yeah that's what i'd like to see but i i you know i don't think this is a guy who loves the biz you know
0: mm-hmm. see you mentioned the brock feud and even with uh you know dub or new york and you know their indie rific ways you know with nxt and they've held on to the same champions for so long like they're almost they don't want to pull the trigger on a title yes. change where braun could have won you know the title off of brock and you've just elevated someone to the next level just like so many guys in nxt could have won the title off of you know or champa and then you have someone else on that same level you know you know what my absolute dream for braun is though what's that
1: do you know ksw the polish fighting federation yes so they have a gentleman over there who fights for them. Maybe maybe you are familiar with him. It. it might be a name. He's a bit of a household name. Marius Pujanowski. He was the, the world's strongest man for, I think, 2002 to 2008. He had quite the run as the world's strongest man. Uh, he has lost none of his muscle mass since. He is uh, a, a a freak of nature uh, <laughs> and science.
0: You, do, you know what Marius Pujanowski looks like, Blair? I... I might have seen him, but it's one of those things where, like, you'll sometimes the pictures will get tweeted out and you're just like, right. You know, you see the kind of like I don't want to say freak show, but like just the he is a freak show. He's the biggest guy you've
1: ever seen in your life, and he's on just an unbelievable amount of steroids. And uh, if you ask me what I'd like to see happen, uh, I want to see him and Braun Strowman fight.
0: Yeah, just one on one.
1: Two guys who, whose arms are so big they can't swing proper punches. Like, watching Maris Pujanowski fight is so fun because he can't put his arms down. So he's just. Mm-hmm. You know, kinda this is great audio content,
0: but you know,
1: you can imagine what a guy punching who can't put his arms down looks like. It's a hilarious visual.
0: Sign those two up for Fight Circus and that's, then yeah, that's
1: exactly right. yeah. that's my home promotion. People ask me what my favorite yeah. federation is. It's like Fight Circus, man, by far.
0: Well, I think uh I think it was Cam Soda or something tried to get, uh, they all made an offer to Tito Ortiz to uh, try to join in on a two versus one matchup. And that's the same Tito Ortiz that I DM to come on the show, but he read my message and didn't respond. He didn't
1: leave you on red, did he?
0: He did. And I mean, the offer's still there. Can, he can come on. We'll talk about the, uh, impact run the august warning or whatever oh and, uh...
1: my god yeah you you and i might be the only guys on earth who know <laughs> about this uh and then rampage jackson was two weeks later that was that was horrible do, do, was, uh, do people know this this clip that we're talking about we like they who, who was the faction that he joined i can't even remember was it
0: was it aces and eights and then the oh, like, I don't know, it was whoever they were feuding with at the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think maybe he was joining, like, a new – he was, like, evening the odds against aces yeah. and eights, I think. And they, like, teased this person for ages. Now, you have to remember at this time, the Impact Zone is in uh, Orlando Studios. What's that place called? Universal uh, Studios yeah, in Orlando. Studios. And so you just have, like, a bunch of, like, tourists in there. And so, like, besides Hulk Hogan, it's like, who knows anybody? <laughs> they finally debut, like, who this big enforcer that they have is. And Tito Ortiz walks out. He looks deeply uncomfortable. He just has his arms crossed. And the crowd is dead. And people are just in-ring. Bully Ray is in-ring. You're right. It's Aces and an You just have to, like, sell that it's this giant deal. It's just one of the funniest fucking wrestling clips ever.
0: I think the camera pan to Ken Anderson, you know, six or seven times, they had the same, like, look on his face where he's just, like, just a stunted look. It's just like, hey, well, now what? What's going on here? I,
1: I say this on every podcast I guest on, and so this one will be no different uh you or one of your listeners the the great grain maker nation need to start this doesn't exist somehow you need to start a tna watch from the beginning podcast people people are like oh wcw is so bad oh my god it's the worst thing ever wcw is like prime nxt compared to like a full-on and we're talking about you talk about the worst of wcw you're talking about like two and a half years tna was like unwatchable for like eight to nine years like, like a horrible programming mm-hmm. like the worst booking like booking that just you couldn't you couldn't imagine and then like when the spike tv influence came in and they just like tried to like brand tna with every show they had just there's an amazing podcast to be done there please, please someone. When, i want to hear it
0: when tna first started off like because that you know wcw is gone so you're almost wanting some you know, another more comp, not competition, but like a, an alternative. So they had their, you know, weekly Wednesday pay per views, and I had Illegal Satellite at the time. Oh, the God box. bless that illegal. Yeah. God bless that illegal satellite, you know? So right. I'm watching that, and, you know, you're seeing, you know, Vince Russo out there with, you know, above average Mike <laughs> Sanders and Disco Inferno. And it's like, oh, yeah, what Disco. The fuck is going on?
1: Dude, I was buying those pay-per-views. Not oh. not not every week, but they were. <laughs> I want to say they were eleven ninety nine Canadian. Like yeah. they were they were very well. I mean, very cheap. But they were like, but they were like straight up just episodes of television with like a main event. Like you'd get like Sting in a tag match in the main or something. Mm-hmm. Like but, but what were they doing? I I will I will die on this hill though. In two thousand five and the first two thirds of two thousand six. They were better than than New York. They were. They weren't better than Ring of Honor, but they they were the the second best wrestling company
0: on earth. I had part. checked out of wrestling in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Like mm-hmm. I took like a big, it just I wasn't into it, you know. Like I, yeah. And looking back, I missed out on a lot of stuff that you know you mm-hmm. kind of see bits and pieces now. But like the the early like TNA, the stuff that they had with you know sports entertainment extreme all that kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. like that was garbage but then you still had you know guys like amazing red there and you know jerry lynn aj styles you know you were seeing their
1: well the roh talent share too so like you were getting joe and uh, aj and chris daniels Mm -hmm. um and then some like leaking wwe star power with Angle showing up like it was like my, my, most of my favorite Kurt Angle matches are in early TNA. There's some exceptions, of course, like a him and rock at SummerSlam is mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite matches. But yeah, like, like perk angle, the guy just like on drugs in TNA is an unbelievable wrestler.
0: And even at that same time, I know we're venturing way off course. And we, yeah, sorry, we, sorry. We, that's okay. We've, we kind of just mentioned like MLW, like you look at MLW back then too. Like it was like, I, I I watched it on YouTube and they've been showing the old episodes um, cool. from that time check that out. So like last week it was Mike Awesome versus Samoa Joe on the card, and oh then you wow, had, really? Yeah, and it was like a young Samoa Joe. In what year? Two thousand three. Wow. So that had, like barely
1: that is crazy i'll have to check that out i had no idea that happened. those guys exist in like different universes in my mind mm-hmm. but joe has a few of those right like necro butcher kibashi so yeah mm-hmm. but wow i didn't know that that's crazy well
0: mm-hmm. you had that match on there you had um juventud guerrera versus jimmy yang <laughs> and,
1: and you had there's a guy i haven't thought about in a while
0: christopher daniels versus super dragon who is oh your, wow yeah of course yeah so you're having that sort of talent in MLW and then you Crazy. still had, you know, like the extreme horse of Steve Carino and yeah. CW Anderson, all those guys. And like Terry Funk, Kojima's there and then CM Punk and Raven. It was just like, just a, like, they took all this talent and just threw it in a blender and was like, have at her. Let's go. Yeah.
1: MLW is probably like a much better federation than I give it credit for. Hey.
0: Um, I think that there's a lot of, there's some stuff that I think can, they can work on but they it's an alternative and they really have like their their centerpieces you know like the right now the jacob fatu um alex hammerstone those kind of guys like they they put a lot into them and it's nice to see what they can do with them you know like it's it's
1: i I hope the indies are learning that lesson not that mlw is an indie but like gcw doing an incredibly long like they only do long title runs now be it rsp or gauge like Mm -hmm. i think it helps a promotion to just be like oh this is the face of the promotion okay i have something to attach it to and then you can start with that second guy like rather than just being like okay what's the most work rate match i can have is my
0: main Mm -hmm. event well even just having like you know you know, in MLW, like Leo Rush was there this past season, right. you know? So he's there, he was their champion, but then he's still doing indies, you know? So you're seeing him face off with all these other guys. They're not just restricting them and saying, hey, you can't work anywhere else where, you know, I mean, Jordan Oliver's working wherever. Calvin, Calvin Tank, yeah. yeah. So you're getting these different guys who are with MLW, but they're still getting experience working on the indies. You're getting these different matchups. And you see a matchup on the indies, and then it introduces you to someone new who is like, Holy fuck, I hope that he can come aboard, you know, or get signed Totally.
1: So, Last thing I'll say this far off track, but uh, all this talk does get me thinking that uh, we they should do another one. You remember when they did that ROH versus CZW pay-per-view, the CZW invasion? The, some of these feds should get together and do that. GCW versus MLW or mm. ROH versus, I, I guess War of the Worlds is sort of that, but like a smaller scale feds do that.
0: I, I think, you know you do it properly and everyone can come out, you know, like for the better with it, you know, like it's one of those things in this day and age where, you know, we've, you know, briefly talked about the forbidden door where it's like more companies are working together. It's only benefiting, you know, it's benefiting the talent, it's benefiting the fans because it's for so long, we were stuck with just one or two options where now it's like, you're getting all this different stuff and you're getting exposure to different stuff. And I think that's, it's great for everyone
1: you said it perfect brother it's it's amazing time to be a wrestling fan that you can be watching wrestling every day without taking in a moment of new york content it's mm-hmm. imagine that like a year as long running a wrestling fan as i am like it's an unthinkable idea
0: gone are the weeks of you know the only content you're watching is raw smackdown and nxt now um, it's like yeah you want to see something else fucking have at her <laughs>
1: yeah yeah go to youtube <laughs>
0: <laughs> now josh thank you so much Tell me where every tell all the fans where they can find you what's going on with wrestling brain. The floor is yours. Have at her. Well, thank you so much for having me,
1: Blair. It was a real treat to be here. I'd love, love to come back uh, whenever you'll have me. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, like you say, I do the Twitch stream uh, wrestling brain on Twitch, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. If you nasty and come on there the moment AW dynamite ends, Zoobs and I are uh, reviewing it and recapping it and taking your calls. I love doing that. Uh, and if you are a fan of the past, uh, I do a podcast called Your Bad Childhood with my dear friend, pardon me, Matt Prince, uh, where we look at nostalgia items under a modern lens and find out if they're any good or not. And just type that in your podcast store, Your Bad Childhood. Uh, and besides that, follow at GrainmakerPod. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and that's my plug for, for today. Thanks so much for having me on. Blake.
0: Well, hey, I appreciate that, and uh, definitely check out the Wrestling Brain Twitter because uh, you can find out all this, all the information about the streams that they do. Um, you know, there's a couple of them that I've mentioned, and then even you know the Discord chat where you know sure. you sign up for the Wrestling Brain Patreon, and not only do you get the great content that Wrestling Brain provides, but you get access to the Discord where you get to chat with awesome people like us and a, a whole slew of others. Yeah. But if you suck,
1: don't, don't join. No, we don't want it. It's a a good community. It it is a
0: very good community. So don't look
1: at yourself in the mirror. And if you're like, I suck, you know, just, just don't do it.
0: Don't be a prick. We support each other. And it is, uh, you know what, I can honestly say that I've made some incredible friends through that. Lifelong for me. Definitely. You know, so I look forward to when this is all done and we can actually like have a beer again and, you know, we we need a company.
1: We need an AEW pay-per-view in Canada.
0: You know the first one that happens. It's just going to be like all of us will be there, and it's, it's, it'll be TakeOver Part 2.
1: I, th- that or uh, Vegas. That, uh, Vegas, I think, could, could work in the same way, too.
0: I think it would be a good time. So Yeah, I have a feeling it might be. Josh, thank you very much for today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Blair. <laughs>